It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. Two games gone by in the Stanley Cup final and the Vegas Golden Knights, the team that was number one in the Western Conference, is up by a two games to nothing count. A lot of stories to talk about, Drew Remenda, from those first two games. I think we were wondering whether the rust would be overcoming the rest for the Florida Panthers. I'm not so sure I'd say that, but game number two was a very decisive Vegas Golden Knights victory. Yeah, I, I think the the rest was turned to rest because 10 days is an awfully long time, especially because Florida was on such a heater. They were playing so well. They were so in sync. They had the groove going. And it doesn't matter what you do when you get that much time off. It's hard. It's it's impossible to replicate and, and recapture that motivate that that momentum you have. So I thought game one, it certainly looked like that for to me about Florida the game itself looked really loose to tell you the truth but the defending aspect of the Golden Knights was so much better than Florida's that they come out with the 5-2 win um so everybody thought okay game two let's see what they're going to bring they're, gonna, they're, they're, they're back in it now Florida they're here we go and it was a bleep show um they weren't very good from the get-go Sergei Bobrovsky lets four in gets chased Alex Lyons come in um he lets I thought, three in I, I thought he played okay though I did too. I thought I thought by that time the game was the game Over. was in control, certainly by the, you know, they're up for nothing before Panthers can even blink. And the depth that we talked about um before game one, Danny, was is the key for the Vegas Golden Knights. Their depth has really taken over. But also they're big guys. In the in the first game, it was the originals. It was Smith, Stone, a Marsha show who were the big guys who led the way, their core guys. And then yesterday it was pretty much everybody, but Marshall um, was again in the mix and he is starting to heat up and be a topic of conversation now when it comes to the Con Smythe. Well, he'd better be in, in, in that conversation because of the way that he's playing. And of course, uh, there's also the Sharks connection with the only one left in the Stanley Cup final. In game one, Aiden Hill had one for the ages. Montour feeding right out in front. Oh, a great stick save. How did he do it? Oh, my goodness. Hill, out of position to his left, reached back into the crease with his goal stick. Oh, they're still buzzing here. They can't believe it. They're gassed. It's just breathtaking. <laughs> flashbacks to Brayton Holtby in the 2018 final against exactly. Alex Tuck. That's exactly it. Uh, Dan Duva yeah. and uh, and Gary Lawless calling it for Vegas Golden Knights radio on that one. And, of course, it reminds me of another thing that happened a few years ago. And now it's time for Perspectives from the Past. Meantime, here comes the Dallas Stars attack in overtime. The setter. They shoot one in. The Bokhoff. Oh, no. He gave it away to Richards. Shot. Saved the Bokhoff. They're not out of it. Stand on. The shot by Richards. What a stop 
by the Blackhawk. He gloved it in overtime. Did the splits and made the save on one of the best snipers on the Dallas Stars. I can't think of a better save I've ever witnessed in my life live or even on TV. That save by Navi is still, as you say, the greatest save in Sharks history. The save by Aiden was exactly, it reminded me of Braden Holtby as well in 2018. And they look back at that Washington Capitol Stanley Cup run. They look at that save by Braden Holtby and go, that was the one. That was the one. You know, your goalie doesn't have to take games for you anymore because you're in the finals. He doesn't have to steal games, but it helps if he does. But if he can make that save, boy, your team can take off. Well, in game two, Aiden Hill uh, was watching his team blow out the Florida Panthers, but he was making some pretty big saves anyway. Petrangelo, quick stick save. Rebound, Eichel trying to drop it in front. Sent up and out of the zone. And now a chance for Verhage down the slot. The lefty shoots. Hell the save! A little bit of shoving afterwards. Aiden Hill stayed with Carter Verhage all the way. One on none. Verhage had gotten behind the defenders. Verhage had it on his backhand, went forehand back to the backhand. Looking at the glove side, but Hill got over most of his torso in the way of that shot. Got him maybe on the left side of that jersey insignia. Right circle, Montour got down low. He put it through the slot. Nobody home. To the left, Forsling shoots. Kick save! Oh my goodness! Kick save and a beauty from Aiden Hill. Stopping Forsling from the left point. Back in four against three. In the middle of drive. Save with the glove on Barkov. Along with Howden and Watt up front. Now in the middle, it's Montour shooting. Glove save by Hill. There's nothing. He can't stop right now. Well, that's the call from Dan Duva, and there is almost nothing that Aiden Hill can't stop right now. And, of course, the former San Jose Sharks goaltender is enjoying himself. You know, it's probably been the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. I'm just enjoying it, cherishing every day, and, you know, just kind of taking it one day at a time. And, yeah, I'm just kind of living in the moment, and it's been fun. It's uh, been awesome to be a part of this journey with this team. Now the Vegas Golden Knights fans have also taken to Aiden Hill. They've got a lot of jerseys that they've sold with his name on it, and he notices that along with some of the chants of the crowd. Uh, yeah, I saw the Hill sweater in a uh, warm-up there, but I, I don't know, the chanting from the crowd, like you hear the noise, but you're not really kind of listening along. But, you know, it's been fun. I mean, getting that second win tonight is huge, and, yeah, I'm just hoping we can keep that momentum going into Florida. Well, there certainly has been a lot of things going on away from the puck these days, especially in game number two. You called it a bleep show, Drew, and I think Aiden Hill was part of that, actually, in part of the yes. game where he was actually standing up and, and getting involved. When you think about how many injuries that the Vegas goaltenders have had, you might want to give them a reminder to stay away from that. Yeah, you know, in the first game he got involved, I, it, it, both times he's gotten away without penalties. Both times I would have called him on, on at least one was a was a roughing penalty. And the other one against last night against Kachuk was definitely a slash. Um, we can talk about the referee. And, and don't tell me. I know it's the loser's lament. And I know I complain about refereeing all the time. And I should complain about refereeing all the time because I like to be honest. And from my point of view, when I'm looking at the refereeing, please, please, please don't tell me they don't manage games. It's uh, if these are the best the NHL has to has to work with, and I like listen, I'm not, I don't want to be disrespectful to the refs. I really don't. But for crying out loud, guys, just call the just call the game. Don't manage the game. And it got to the point last night where it was, come on, guys. Like I don't understand why 
and we'll talk about it in a minute, why Matthew Kachuk got a 10-minute misconduct for the hit on Eichel. I don't get it. But anyway, um, when when I look at what Aiden Hill is doing, I think, again, that's one of those sayings, Danny, I'd rather have to pull a guy back from the edge than push him to it. Whatever you got to do to get to that competitive edge, do it. But every once in a while, I'd like Petrangelo just to skate over to him and go, hey, big boy, we got this one for you. But that's Aiden's game. Aiden, we saw it in San Jose. Aiden's a big guy. He's, he's defending his crease, which he's allowed to do. And um, when he got cross-checked by Bennett in game one, he didn't like it very much. I don't blame him. And then when Matthew Kachuk got cross-checked into the net yesterday uh, by Braden McNabb, which should have been a penalty. Should have been a penalty. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Kachuk has trouble, finger quotations, getting up and getting out of there and then – a little push and shove with a slash and it's Stanley Cup hockey, right? It's it's fun to watch. It's been it's been really entertaining. But um overall, last night the Florida Panthers took 74 minutes in penalties. Matthew Kachuk took 22 of them. Um again, don't know why he got two tenement misconducts. I don't think he should he deserved either, but um you can't have if you're Florida, you can't have one of your best players off the ice for that long. Well, and it all stemmed from a big guy on the other team getting hit and shaken yeah. up. And we've talked about this a zillion times. That was a totally clean check. Why are guys responding to that in the way that they did? They shouldn't. They should just go find another opportunity to throw a body check of their own and do it cleanly. Uh, my view of it, the moment that it happened was I you got to admire Kachuk for standing yeah. and, and making sure that the hit was legal because he's Perfect. facing a guy who's had disc replacement surgery in his neck. And that was my second thought. I saw the, the collision. I saw him go down and I said, Oh boy, I really hope that wasn't the issue. But after the game, Jack Eichel talked about his view of what happened. Yeah. You know, just get the puck on the right. Um, took a couple crossovers, uh, kind of toe picked a little bit and, uh, you know, saw him at the last minute. Um, he finishes a hard, you know, what I saw was a clean check on me and it's a physical game. You're going to get hit sometimes. So, um, you just, just kind of move on, you know. Bravo to Jack Eichel for just leaving it at that. Also, on the play, uh, on the broadcast, anyway, on the TV broadcast, kudos to Eddie Olchek for really spotting that right away and telling the, the producer to make sure that they, they pointed that out. It was, um, I, I love the fact that Eichel talked about it. I like the fact that Eichel said it was clean. Matthew Kachuk asked about, was asked about it, and he goes, yeah, he had his head down coming through the middle, and I put a hit on him. Uh, if you know, I'd expect to get hit like that too if I had my head down. Michael did toe pick. I thought it was his shoulder, to tell you the truth, Danny. When he got up, he, he looked like I, I thought he mouthed, it's out, it's out, thinking about his shoulder because he took, takes the crack right on the shoulder. But I never thought, I never even thought about the neck replacement, the, the disc replacement in the neck. But he went and shook it off. Um, Went in the dressing room after, no information between the periods about what happened to Jack. And then he came out and assisted on Marcia Show's second goal. <laughs> well, exactly. And he ended up with just a brilliant effort. And he kind of shrugged off the entire situation in terms of his recovery. Yeah, no, I just came in here and uh, regrouped. Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a big collision. So um, got my wits back about me and uh, realized I was fine and just kind of move on from there. Yeah, but the players noticed it. And Ivan Barbashev, a Stanley Cup champion from St. Louis, certainly understands what's at stake here. And he talked about the, the response the team had when they saw that Eichel was okay. Uh, well, I, to be honest, I didn't see the hit at first. But uh, once I got back to the locker room, I 
I knew he was fine. Uh, you know, it took him hit. He, you know, he just a little bit unlucky. He toe pick, and uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, we're happy that he's okay. And Jonathan Marchessault, who had the big, big effort and is having an amazing playoff, also talked about uh, the, the, I guess you could say, enthusiasm the team got from seeing that Eichel was fine. I mean, he's unbelievable, right? I mean, it's not just with the pockets, without the puck, the way it works everywhere on the ice. He's uh, one of those guys that makes everybody look better. And, uh, I mean, he gets a massive hit there, goes in the locker room, first shift back in the third period. He gets on the forecheck, on the body. Wins his battle, finds me. I mean, that's the resiliency that we have in that locker room. And it just it's, starts with your top guys, and it just goes right through the, the lineup. And also, Marcheseau said he wasn't really very surprised at all about how well Eichel has taken to the big stage, given all the years he was in the NHL without going to the Stanley Cup playoffs in Buffalo. I'm not really surprised, to be honest. He's been playing playoff hockey all year for us. Uh I mean, he's been he's been great. He's been uh, one of our leaders all year, and he's been consistent as well. And uh, I'm not surprised. Like when you have a high quality player like that, like you want to be the go to guy on on a team, you got to step up in those occasions. In my mind, and that's what he's been doing, and that's why we're in that situation. Yeah, but Jonathan Marchessault is stepping up on his own. Down to the goal line, out in front, and try save, rebound, trickles into the corner, left wing. Michael on it, try to help it up the boards. Stevenson steers it across. Marchessault so in, he shoots, he scores! Marchessault, power play goal. one nothing Golden Knights. Jonathan Marchessault, power play goals in consecutive games. He's just been unbelievable, Drew. Well, in his first 10 games in the playoffs, scored two goals. It was in one game. Uh, he had zero, like, in the first seven. In the last nine games, coming last night, he's got 10 goals. He is in the right spots. And like I've always liked Marchessault as a player when he was in Florida. And even watching him begrudgingly with the Knights, you have to acknowledge the 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 you know what he plays with. He's got plays with a ton of edge. He's always high level emotion, but usually in control, except for the time when Pavelski got hurt and it was the five minute major and he lost his mind on the bench. Other than that, he's the kind of guy you want on your team, right? But but he that. did score that tying goal yeah. to force overtime. Yeah. You can't forget about that. This guy's a big moment player. And Every time I see him play for the Vegas Golden Knights, I, I think of two things. Number one, what on earth were the Florida Panthers Florida thinking? Panthers doing. But, but even beyond that, what on earth was the Tampa Bay Lightning thinking? Because he was there first. Yeah. Can you imagine that? I, it, I mean, you can't argue with the Tampa Bay Lightning and what they've done. But it's funny, you know, maybe we give up on guys too early in the NHL. Maybe you look at a guy and you maybe, you know, from from. In, but when he, but you know, that's I'm thinking about that when he was in Florida. He scored thirty that year that they offered him up to the Vegas Golden Knights, didn't right? Yeah, he was, he had, yeah, he's already had a thirty goal season. It's incredible. Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't. I guess they didn't think that he could sustain it. But he is an incredible player. Um, but again, you look at that team. Look at the guys we've talked about. We've talked about Barbershop. We talked about Aiden Hill. We've talked about Eichel. We've talked about um, Marsha Show now. And you can keep going. You can keep talking about that team. Because their depth is has been so impressive throughout these playoffs, and especially right now. Now, when you think about it, there are nine goal scorers so far for the Golden Knights in this. Uh, they got nine goals from different players, three from the defense. And according yeah. to Marcheseau, that's a reason why they're up two games to nothing. I think so. Uh, 
I mean, our, part of our game plan, we know we have depth. We know if we roll four lines and get good forecheck, uh, we'll get rewarded. And topping that off, I think our discipline has been unbelievable. And you know what? Like, they wanted to set the tone with, like, uh, being undisciplined, like, game one. And we set the tone back with scoring that first goal there. So I think it's all in our honor. And we've done great job so far, but, I mean, we're – Still pretty far from the from our goal here. Do you hear the calm, cool, collected voice of experience coming out of him there? Yeah, absolutely. And he's right. He's 100% right. Uh, Mark Stone said after the game last night regarding the, the physical play and, and the, the stuff after the whistle, Mark Stone and, and Jack Eichel hit. He said when he was asked, well, what does this show about the Vegas Golden Age? He goes, you can do what you want to us. So we're just going to keep coming. We're just going to keep playing. And that's what they've been able to do. They have been very disciplined. Now, the calls, I think, have been eh, that the way that they, the Florida Panthers have been taking as many calls as, as they have. I don't think they've all been justified. But you play the game, right? You play the game and whatever's presented in front of you. And the Vegas Golden Knights have been amazing in their focus and their, their self-discipline. We continue now with the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. We continue with our thoughts on the Stanley Cup Playoffs and the two-game series so far, which has gone Vegas Golden Knights way. Dan Rusinowski with Drew Amenda here on the Sharks Stanley Cup Playoff Report. You know, there's so many different directions we can go, but uh, one thing that you've noticed perhaps is that Florida might be getting a little frustrated, and they're going to have to put that back uh, together for game number three in South Florida. Jack Eichel talked about that a bit. Uh, you know what, I'm not sure. I think it's credit to our, our defense. Um, we take a lot of pride in, in good team defense and you know, trying to limit their opportunities. Um, they have some good offensive players over there, so uh, it's important for us to uh, you know really focus on that. Yeah, but Eichel also was singing the praises of Jonathan Marcheseau and his consistency through the course of this series. Marchessault's pretty hot. Uh, he seems to be shooting the puck well. Um, you know, just trying to communicate, um, move the puck. You know, when uh, you know when things break down, try and make plays and uh, support each other. And you know, obviously, I think that's what happened on the goal there. Stevie makes a great play, and Marshy's Marshy's uh, you know, he's got a hot hand right now, and uh, Stoney's Stony with a great screen. So it was a good play by us. It means a lot to the goaltender Aiden Hill to see how well Marchiso is playing too. Yeah, no, uh, Marchy's been unbelievable for us all year. I mean, has a huge first goal for us tonight on the power play, and then his one in the third. I mean. That's a big goal for us too, right? They go make it 4-1. They might start to get some momentum, but next shift they come out and puts that in the net. And, uh, I mean, I have to face a shot every day. It's unbelievable. When he gets in tight, uh, he's probably one of the hardest guys in the league to stop. So, yeah, there's a reason why he's scoring. So now that brings us to game three in Florida, Drew. And uh, here we are, Paul Maurice, a very experienced coach. Florida's worked so hard to get to where they are, the eighth seed getting all the way to the Stanley Cup final, down two games to nothing. And, and let's not forget, they have never won in the Stanley Cup final, if my memory is correct, from 1996. Right. And so uh, this is something that that's on their mind, as it was the case for Carolina in the conference final. They've lost a whole pass of the games in a row in round number three, too. But if you're Paul Maurice, what are you doing? I'm not changing much, Danny. I, I remind them, maybe show them a little video of they were down 3-1 to Boston. Um, they were up against the best team in the league through the regular season. I would remind them that in that game where they lost, I think it was after game three, where, where Matthew Kachuk went a little squirrely and so did the team. They regrouped. 
They got things settled and they went and they won that series. I remind them about that. I try to remind them as well that, listen, we play, we edge. we're better when we're physical. Paul Maurice has said that. We are a physical team. We're not taking that away. But the stuff after the whistle, you got to knock that crap off. Knock it off. Get in people's faces. Make sure we, we assert our physical play and our forecheck and all those things that we do uh, best we can. But we can't react. We have to be proactive and we can't react to the stuff after the whistle. Knock it off. I know we're trying to get under their skin. It's not working. Isn't, can... isn't essentially what Kachuk did with the big hit on Eichel and yes. attempt to turn that around the other way. And they, they probably should play that body check over and over again in the, in the video. Right. And and again, I, I don't think the, the, I don't, I don't get why Matthew Kachuk got the two and the 10 there. I think it might've been because when, everybody converged as they do in the national hockey league now is that he didn't stop. Like he grabbed, he, he, he got grabbed, he grabbed a couple of guys back. And then while the melee was kind of settling down, he went and grabbed, uh, I can't remember who it was and continued. That kind of stuff is what Paul Maurice will say. Hey, we got to stop that stuff. If we stop that stuff, we keep playing physical. We make sure we do a better job t- it, it, not chasing the puck. We're being too aggressive in our zone, chasing the puck. That Marshall showed first goal in game one, the pass from Chandler Stevenson. Both defensemen vacate the front of the net and they go to Chandler. That leaves Marshall so wide open. So that kind of over-aggressiveness is got to be dialed back a little bit. But again, pull a guy back from the edge, pull your team back from the edge, but make sure they're right at it. We keep talking about the the top players needing to elevate their play a little bit in each playoff series as it goes. And Matthew Kachuk is there. He's working as hard as he can. I'd, I think that we need to see a little bit more from a couple of other guys on Florida for game number three. What do you think? How do you think Ekblad has been playing in this series? He, he's, he's been pedestrian. It's, he is, he is, I, it's funny you say that because we were talking last night with my boys, Davis and Donovan, and, and we said the same thing. Where's Ekblad been? Now, Sometimes that's not a bad thing for a defenseman, you know, to be pedestrian or to be unnoticed because that means you're not making very many mistakes. And he is a very solid d- defensive player. Well, being pedestrian um, is one thing, but then being outstanding is another, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It, it absolutely is. So and he's yeah, not doing you know, that. No, you're down two games to zip. You are one of the top guys on the on the team. Barkoff and, and Ekblad and Kachuk and Bennett. Um, they need to be producing more. I, I, it's just, you can't always say that you you, you got to score, you got to produce more, but you have to, that's your job. So um, I think getting back to Florida, you get that one day rest, which Florida doesn't need right now, but they can use the break here on the travel day to reset. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a reset. But I go back that that, that Boston series showed me a lot about the the Florida Panthers. They have that ability to be resilient. I would not count them out yet. No, I wouldn't either. And I I really think that uh, that they need a little bit more now from Montour. Um, He was scoring all those important goals early. You can't expect he's going to do that. I I still take it back to Ekblad on the defense. He's the guy that could kind of change the the pace of the game and take control a little bit. And uh, Carter Verhage, we haven't talked about. He's had his chances. He had that great breakaway. I just couldn't quite elevate it. And that gets back to the size of Aiden Hill, you know, and looking ahead at the San Jose Sharks hopes for the goaltenders. Notice all the guys they've brought in are all big like Aiden Hill is. 
And sometimes just being big and, and making yourself big is what stops the puck more than your athletic ability. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm in one on one hand, I look at the uh the San Jose Sharks a couple of years ago when Doug Wilson uh told us about uh what they liked about Aiden Hill. We saw it briefly for a while, and then of course the way the team played in front of them has a big difference. And then unfortunately they made a decision, or fortunately, we don't know yet, but they've made a decision to to go off of Aiden Hill. Great for Aiden to be able to continue to bounce back. I still amazed five goaltenders that Vegas has been able to use. But then you look at where goalies are now. They used to be the small guys, right? They're not small anymore. They're all, as you said, big, cover a lot of room, very athletic, and sometimes just occupying the space is enough. We continue now with the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Well, we move on from games one and two of the Stanley Cup final and talk a little league business. Drew, briefly, first of all, we've got some coaching changes. Andrew Brunette, who scored the very first goal in the history of the Nashville Predators, has returned to that team as the head coach, almost as if uh, GM incoming Barry Trotz decided to beat uh, Craig uh, Conroy to Brunette before he could get to Calgary and coach Huberto again. Andrew Brunette last year coached the Florida Panthers uh, to 107 point season. I do believe it was, was one of the coach of the year nominees. And um, then they let him go in the off season after making huge moves. And we all went, what are you doing? Obviously this guy knows what he's doing as a coach. Well, I guess Bill Zito knew what he was doing. Andrew goes to Jersey this year with, as an associate coach, they have 118 points and they have a great season. And um, he, I think he's a, he's a player's coach. He's a guy that understands players because he was a player for such a long time. Todd McClellan talks about Andrew Burnett, knows him well, loves him as a person, loves him as a coach. Um, I think he will be perfect in Nashville. It's kind of neat to see him come full circle. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, too. Meanwhile, in the Pacific Division, Greg Cronin, longtime head coach for the Colorado Eagles. Before that, he was the head coach at Northeastern, has been around, has got a lot of experience, gets his first National Hockey League opportunity as GM Pat Verbeek hires him for the Ducks. I like this hire, Danny, because the, the Anaheim Ducks have a lot of young talent, very, very talented guys. And, you know, Greg, Greg's been a college coach for a long, long time. AHL coach as well, was had uh, stints in the NHL with the Islanders and the Maple Leafs as an assistant. So he knows how to develop players, knows how to nurture them along. And 60-year-old guy, so he comes in a very mature guy. He's been coaching since 1987. Amazing. And I still had hair in 1987. <laughs> so that's a long time ago, my man. And um, it's uh, it's great. I'm gl- I'm gl- I'm glad to see it. I I I think Greg Cronin will do a terrific job uh, for Anaheim. I think he's got the intense demeanor that's needed there. It's something that Pat Verbeek certainly wants from his coach, and he's going to teach guys like Trevor Zegras all about playing in both ends of the ice. Uh, A couple of other openings still. We've got Calgary and the Rangers still pending. Patrick Waugh's name was associated with Chris Drury because of their days together in Denver, but uh, he is apparently not in the running. Uh, I think they've talked about a couple of guys, Peter Laviolette, uh, several others, but I'm still looking at Chris, Chris, oh, John Hines, right. Chris Knobloch, I think might be the dark horse there uh, as far as the Ranger head coaching position goes. He's actually been behind the bench for the Rangers before um, filling in uh, when the head coach was not available for whatever reason. And uh, he's done a good job in Hartford in developing some of these prospects. So you could see him be the dark horse in that situation. 
Yeah, I think you will. And you got to love a guy who's from Saskatchewan. So you put him anywhere you can, you know, you'll be successful. Um, when you look at Chris, um, he had the great fortune of coaching uh, Connor McDavid in Erie. Um, he has worked another guy who's worked his way up. He is a guy that uh, started in junior as an assistant coach of the WHL with the Prince Albert Raiders and has worked his way up. He is very well respected throughout hockey. And I think it's only a matter of time. He'd be the guy I'd like to see. And I, I don't mean any offense to coaches who are already established. John Hines and Pierre, Peter Laviolette are the two guys they're talking about with the Rangers. Um, but why not get a fresh set of eyes in there? Why not get a fresh voice in there? Patrick Wall, as you said, was rumored. His team at Quebec Rampart won the Memorial Cup just a couple of days ago. And everybody thought because of Chris Drury and Patrick Wall that Patrick was going to come in immediately. That doesn't seem to be the case. But I think Knobloch would be a terrific, terrific choice. Um, he's done very well wherever he's been. And with the, all of these coaching opportunities coming up and with both you and I on the same page when it comes to seeing some fresh blood come in, I, I think we have to keep our eyes on Ryan Warsofsky, the San Jose Sharks assistant coach who did such a great job in winning the Calder Cup with the Chicago Wolves uh, just the season prior. And I really think he did a great job in working with David Quinn's staff. It wouldn't surprise me if his name comes up occasionally. Yeah, I think that uh, Calgary might be looking at him. Now, they've got some internal candidates in, in Calgary and Ryan Huska and Kirk Muller, who were assistant coaches under Daryl and Mitch Love, who um, coached, uh, well, first it was Stockton, then the Calgary Wranglers, their AHL franchise, and Mitch, um, who worked for Kevin Constantine, by the way, um, and played for Kevin Constantine in junior and worked with him in junior. Mitch is a two-time AHL, back-to-back -back AHL coach of the year. I think they're looking at him as, as well. Another fresh set of eyes, another fresh voice, but I think Ryan Warsawski is a strong candidate. Finally, uh, I would like to mention Mike Babcock, whose name suddenly has risen in the race for the Columbus Blue Jackets head coaching position. Um, given your history with Mike Babcock uh, in our brief time we have left in the show, what do you think? I think it's a done deal. They're just waiting for the, the contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs to expire at the end of June. And I think he's going to be the guy in Columbus, even though he told me he was retired. Well, I think that uh, <laughs> certain opportunities can make you unretire. And certainly that's going to be interesting <laughs> yes. to see what happens. That's just the way it works. Our thanks to everybody for joining us on the show today. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.